0: ...dynamic pomposity, and I want to jump right out of that old bandwagon, yes, sir. Yes. Yes, uh, for those of you who are scared of horses, we have a little note here right off the bat to lay on you, if I may, from Pasadena, California, what a scene. Galloping away from the law on horseback just isn't what it was in the old days, even in the West... As two uh, gallopers discovered, two young men, two youths, stole two horses. That's rustling, man. They found tied up outside a restaurant beside a golf course, police reported. As they galloped away, they were sighted by a police helicopter, which radioed ground units. One youth, who'd escaped from police custody earlier, had his flight abruptly ended when he was knocked flat off the horse by a low tree branch. The other youth dismounted, but apparently didn't know much about horses. He slid off the rear of his steed, which reacted with a fantastically swift kick to the seat of the pants. He was laying there, sprawled all up, hanging on a bunch of weeds there, trying to get up when the cops came along and picked him up. So I just thought you ought to know. Thank you, Bill. Bring it on their Pig. there. Big, there. <laughs> I like the idea of that horse kicking him, and you know what? <clears throat> you mind if I sit in here with a crowd here? i there. Thank you, Bill. Just wanted to get warmed up. Reset that, please. I may use that later. Okay, we have a note here for uh, the Book Find Club, and uh, <laughs> these are not my comments. This is the copy comment. It says, did you ever read in bed and laugh so hard the peanuts rolled off your belly? or get, oh, man, Or get so absorbed in a book you forgot to set your alarm clock? Well, uh, there's a lot of books that the Book Fine Club has that uh, I think you'll enjoy very much. The first one is Our Gang by Philip Roth, and the next one is Portnoy, well, actually, The Defense Never Rests by F. Lee Bailey. And uh, there's all kinds of great stuff in this book. And if you are interested in some good reading and continued good reading, you should know about the Book Fine Club. They'll send you both of these books for one dollar. That's our gang and the defense never rests, plus postage and handling if you call MU72552. As a Book Find member, all you need to buy are two more books in a year, and they're all quality books. So it's a good club to know about. The number again is MU72552, or send your name and address to Book Find WOR New York. Okay, it's important announcement time. Mark this down in your important announcement calendar. April the 7th. April the 7th. April the 7th. 7th. That is a Friday. And mark this down well. Red Bank, New Jersey will never be the same. Oh, man, I can hardly wait. 8 o'clock at the Carlton Theater in beautiful downtown Red Bank, New Jersey. We're going to celebrate the anniversary of the Great Orpheum Gravy Boat Riot. Me, Gene Shepard, live as a big, fat, round-bottom bird. One performance only, so don't come whining around that you booted it. Now, here's how you get your tickets. From the Ticketron outlet nearest you, you can get them at all Ticketron outlets, just like the hockey game. Call area code 212-644-4400. Or you can call the box office at two zero one seven four seven three eight zero zero. Ticket one, get those tickets now. April the seventh, eight p.m. Carlton Theater, Red Bank, New Jersey. La da tee 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 Do you do you you know do you do you ever get uh, information or mail or uh, you know trickling back uh, intelligence about your hometown? I never hear about my hometown. Never. Well, if your hometown is New York, you can only, I mean, it's, it's just like, I uh, mean, <laughs> no question about it. But it, I admit, New York is not my hometown, which puts me, of course, right in the mainstream of the average New York denizen. I mean, I'm right there. Now, uh, I, I, uh, I i i don't know how to say this, but there's a very embarrassing thing happened to me the other day. Uh, I got a letter from, from uh, this guy, this friend of mine. Not, well, he's actually not a friend of mine, just a guy, see. And he says, uh, are you curious what's happening out there? You know, I came from Indiana. You're curious where it is. He says, uh, I just thought you ought to know what is happening. And he sends me this clipping. Now, I'm holding it up here. I'm putting it in my vast file of trivia. You don't have to read it, Earl. It's all right. I'll just I'll just put it on here. So, sickening thing. Now, I, I just want you to know how you would feel if this was your town. Now, don't, don't sit out there and be a... Wise guy, you know, you, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta look at the other man's suffering once in a while, or as they say, once in a while, you gotta, you, you just have to do it. I mean, I know it's painful, but the other guy suffers too, and uh, <laughs> even though his suffering obviously is not as deep and as, as painful and as perceptive as yours, there's no question about that. That's due to the fact that the other guy can't conceivably be as sensitive as you are. There's no doubt about that either. Uh, although, on the other hand, we're always torn between that and the other. You know, you, you say to yourself, well, you know, oh, look at those guys, the clods. And then five minutes later, you think to yourself, you know, the other people are really more sensitive than you are. You have that feeling, too, that they really they really worry about places like Beirut that are on the news. You know, they really worry about uh, the natives of upper uh, Kaladesh that have just had a fantastic... By, by the way, speaking of the natives of various areas... Uh, I just saw a little news note. Did you see? This is the one that never gets on the human side of the news. Did you see the judge in uh, New Guinea, where this crowd was brought before them? And this is an actual case just happened in New Guinea. A territorial judge had a crowd of headhunters. <laughs> they brought before for cannibalism. Yeah, well, you know, this is not the, it's not the ordinarily condoned, you know, and, and so they they brought this crowd up before him for cannibalism. And would you believe it? He dismissed the charges on the premise that well, they needed protean, they needed the protean, and uh, <laughs> that's a fact. <laughs> Nevertheless, uh, the the judge dismissed them. You know, the cannibalism, and he said, well, you know, they needed protean. But uh, I, I have to get back to this this uh, this rather painful thing. I have to tell you, how would you like this to happen to your hometown? Oh, it's a sickening scene. Uh, no, I just. I'm very sensitive. I, I just, uh, you know, it's true. I am sensitive, and I, I, uh, I don't ordinarily, I don't ordinarily, uh, you know, exude my sensitivity. But I am very. But here's here's the story, Earl. Before you go, my hometown. There is a great brouhaha in Indiana right now about a f- terrible thing happened. Every year, every state does. Even if you live in Jersey, they do it. You wouldn't believe it, but they do. Every year, the state that you live in issues the official state map. Did you know that? Yeah, that's right. You can get an official state map of the state of, say, New York, if you write to the, uh, to you know, to the state, and they'll send you an official. It's an official document. Would you believe it? The official state map for 1972, the state of Indiana. My hometown, Hammond, is not on the map. And it's a town of 176,000 people. Simply not on a damn map. And that's the official state map of Indiana. And there's a fantastic brouhaha all over the state. I will read this to you. Hammond is missing. A major city of about 170,000 persons in Lake County in northwestern Indiana, Hammond is not now on the current official state map. More than 500,000 copies of the, quote, Indiana 1971-72 official highway map were printed, and it is distributed all over the state, in fact, all over the country free of charge. It's beautiful. As pretty as a map can be, colors blue, tan, yellow, red, green, white. This is a fantastic map, you know, it's an official one. The towns and cities are identified by black lettering. The larger the community, the bolder the letters. Hammond should be in big type. For sure. Actually, it's bigger than, uh, say, Lottaville and Classville or uh, Dinwiddie. <laughs> These are all towns that have made it. They've made it. Dinwiddie. You know what Dinwiddie is? I, I've been through Dinwiddie, Indiana. Dinwiddie, Indiana. You got to keep your windows rolled down, man, in your car. to know you've gone through Dinwiddie. Yeah, uh, let's see. Maybe. Uh, yeah, that could be. In fact, the uh, could have moved to Illinois. In fact, there is a move out there. There was a move when I was out there <laughs> to have Chicago to, to have Chicago take them over. You know, they really. Uh, but but these, these guys are flipping out there. This is this is a real slap in the face. You know, all these little towns like Dinwiddie. Griffith Junction, places like New Jerusalem, uh, like Upper Babylon. Yeah, they got great names out there, like like Friendship Center. Uh, they have names of all kind, like uh, like uh, Hogwallow. You know that Hogwallow, Indiana, is is 36 miles north of Muncie. In case you want to go to Hogwallow, and uh, it's one name, by the way. It's not two words. Hogwallow. is Hogwallow. It's actually named after Admiral Hogwallow. It's not named after a hog wallow. There was a hog <laughs> Hogwallow. Yeah, he had the he had the Essex agency there for years, and they named the town after him. There's only 38 people, and all 38 of them are named Hogwallow too, by the way. But nevertheless, Hammond is missing, and uh, and there's a uh, you know there's a fantastic brouhaha all over the state about it. It would be you know it'd be like if they pu- they published a the state map of Jersey and left Trenton out, just the hell with Trenton just doesn't show up. It's not even. <laughs> Well, you're going Well, now see, you got to realize it's a it's a town that's a, in that league. It's it's a hundred and uh, well, hundred and seventy thousand. That's a lot of people. See, well now now that 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 is a, that that has plagued me all of my life. That has plagued me. Uh, everybody in, in knows when when they talk about Indiana. When you mention Indiana, for example, if I just came be said Indiana. Everybody's heard Gary, right? Gary, Gary, Indiana. They, you know that whole song and all that jazz. And uh, everybody's heard of Indianapolis. What are other towns you know of in Indiana? Are those the only two? What what kind of you mean you don't even know American history? You mean you never heard of Vincennes? There's a lot of action around Vincennes back in the 18th century, 19th century. <laughs> and you mean you never heard of Mooresville, Indiana? Oh, for heaven's sakes. You never heard of Rushville? My God, how ignorant. Why, Rushville, Indiana, won the state championship twice in a row. I mean, uh, let's see. Laporte, yes. Laporte. All right, I'll give you. You heard of Laporte? All right. I'll ask you a question, Earl. What is the name of the Laporte High School football and basketball team? What is their, like, you know, the Hammond Wildcats is what I came from. What is their name? He's looking up his... (laughs) I'll tell you why I know Laporte. I played the losers. Yes, uh, that would be very correct to name them that. But actually, they are the Slicers, the Laporte Slicers. And, in fact, one of the greatest teams out there is the Frankfurt Hot Dogs. That's Frankfurt, Indiana, the Frankfurt Hot Dogs. But uh, I played against the Laporte Slicers, and uh, you're quite right. They are losers, although they've had their moments. Uh, thank you. Speaking of, uh, this is W.O.R. New York. Okay, it's Portugal time. <laughs> All right, now you've, you've been putting it off. Now listen, it's, time, is, time is fleeting. Every day is going by. Remember, April is a short month, man. And Portugal is on sale for this month, and this is a fantastic country. If you've never been to Portugal, I think you've missed one of the greatest cities in Europe. Quite possibly one of the great cities of the whole world. Beautiful place and they have an incredible eight day fly and drive tour of portugal for only two hundred and seventy dollars and that includes economy round trip airfare the prices are subject to government approval and it's sponsored by tap the intercontinental airline of portugal and this sale goes to the 30th of april you can be there in one of the greatest times of the year and this is portugal fred so give them a call the number is 421 in new york 421-8500 Call them a T.A.P. or your travel agent, and this sale does end the 30th, man, so you got to move. Portugal. For you travelers planning to use Kennedy Airport during the holiday, here's a word from the Port Authority. Parking lots at Kennedy, especially the reduced-rate dollar-a-day lot, may be full. You can avoid such parking problems by using public transportation, taxi, bus, or airport limousine. Check the yellow pages for services available in your area. Or maybe a friend can drive you to the airport and pick you up. But leave your car at home instead of at the airport. The Port Authority wishes you a pleasant trip. All right, you uh, Chinese food cuckoos. Have you tried the Great Shanghai? Let me tell you, if you haven't, you might have missed out on some of the most fantastic Chinese food in all of New York. Very few, and I'll tell you this absolutely straight from the shoulder, very few restaurants in New York have kitchens large enough to accommodate the number of chefs from all the different regions of China that they have in the Great Shanghai. They come from Cantonese, northeastern China, Setsuan, all over the whole area there. And you can have food from all these different areas of China in the Great Shanghai. Fantastic menu. You won't believe the menu. And I would like to suggest you try the Great Shanghai Sunday Brunch. It is really great. They serve it from 11 to 4 Sunday. All you can eat for 2.75. It's a buffet. And children under four feet tall are a buck and a half. That's the Great Shanghai Broadway at 103rd. And there's an IRT station right there. The Great Shanghai Broadway at One Hundred and Third Street. It is good. See, I'm in a truculent mood tonight. When I found out my hometown is not on a map, now you think this is funny? Well, i will tell you how. <laughs> I, in in a preface, in a <laughs> this is what's known as really losing your identity. You know, it, it it you it's not as funny as you think. It really it really is a serious problem that that. That the state that I come from is, is is i think the place you come from affects you a great deal. I really do every guy I know who comes from New York he has a specific i mean he's got a fantastic he's got an identity you know. He can be a schlep, a total schlep, but he's from New York. You know, the minute he arrives, you know, little little joints like like Dinwiddie Junction, Florida. He says, "I'm New York." You know, and and he could be, he have an IQ about the same as a Rudabegi. You know, it doesn't matter. He's from New York, and the, he, you know, he he feels like he's from the center of the world. You know, <laughs> yeah, so long, girl. He feels like he's from the, you know, from the axis around which the spokes of the universe revolve. Well, I I I just wonder. What, uh, this is, this is why I think so many, so many guys who come from places, uh, that, that nobody ever mentions turn out to be the great geniuses because they come out with a burning thing. You know, they, they realize they're in, they, they come from a state or a place that even planes don't stop and they just go right over. In fact, I come from, from a state where the state turnpike, the turnpike, there are no exits in Indiana. The state, the turnpike, Indiana turnpike goes right over Indiana. You know, just assume that nobody wants to get off there. And, uh, and it's one of these raised-up turnpikes. And I remember on, on Saturday nights, we would go down and just watch the turnpike. You'd stand on the ground, and, and you'd see the guys going east and west, you know, all the cars heading to Chicago and the rest of the cars heading to New York. And then there was a great big spur, and the rest of them would head off towards Los Angeles. Whoever goes, you know, whoever goes to Goshen, Indiana, Oh, well, I didn't come from Goshen, but you know, oh man, and so so this this produces in in the people's you know in the in the deepest the deepest psyche it produces almost you might say inverse patriotism. I say that the crummier the state you come from, the prouder you are of it <laughs> you have to be it's like compensation, you know, oh sure, you know you. You you, you got to you know a guy that goes to Cambridge or Oxford he doesn't go around with letters all over his sweater you know I mean, and, and, and uh, oh no his university's been there since the time they signed the Magna Carta you know he goes to the university Richard Lionhearted went to, you know he doesn't he doesn't have to sing I wonder if I wonder if uh, it reminds me I wonder if Oxford has a school song you know oh A-X-F-O-R-D, we love you true now, I just, <laughs> it just occurred to me. You know, Oxford, Oxford, yeah. Does anybody out there go to Oxford that could tell me if Oxford has a school song that they all gather and sing? It'd probably be an early, it has to be an early classical Latin. I mean, I can't conceive of them singing, X-F-O-R-D, we love you true. Purple, green, and oranges are, ah, you, hoo, hoo. Yes, we will play rugby. You know, no. I can't say how about Cambridge you think they have a goodie there or Trinity College in uh, in Dublin the school song but it's only when you come from places like Indiana Pyrotechnic and Chiropractic Institute that you have a fantastic state seal you know have tremendous uh, in fact I've noticed the thing that uh, that uh, this is kind of the uh, kind of the uh, let's put it this way shepherd's inverse law of pomposity works something like this uh, you can see it in many artifacts. For example, the smaller the country, the more nervous the country, the bigger the stamps. Uh, you, you, oh, yes, uh, Tonga. Stamps from the island of Tonga, which is a country, you know, are roughly the size of a watermelon. They got gold fringe all over them. And they have, yeah, well, they're magnificent. They have gold leaf on them and borough leaves of the queen. And, and they, yeah, they play music and everything. And that's the that's the Tonga stamp. Uh, you get to the really big countries, not really, even... They're big, mean ones. Like you know, like like you get a you get a Russian stamp, a little badly printed stamp. They don't have to prove it. They oh, it's just boom, Moscow. You know, blah, That's it. It's the little tiny stamps, like Upper Tanzania. I mean, they come out with the purple, red, and the green ones. They actually weave them by hand. You know, they're beautiful. They come with the little reeds and ferns growing out of them. That's that's uh, the, now now what this 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 affects schools. Now, the bigger the school you go to, the less sure they are, of even if they've got school colors. Uh, like, like the other day, I went to the University of Massachusetts, 30,000 kids from fantastic school, 30,000 people. And it's, you know, it's just, uh, there are more people go to the University of Massachusetts than live in many states. Fantastic school. And I asked the kid, you know, I says, hey, uh, may I uh, ask a silly question? You know, <laughs> I am about to do a show there at night, and he says, you know what? And you know, I used to silly questions. I said, uh, what are school colors? He said, the what? I said, the school colors. You have school colors, you know? School colors? Gee, you know? He said, hey, Jaime, uh, what are the colors here at school? And, uh, you know, these two guys are seniors. They've been there for four years. Jaime says, oh, school colors? You mean color? Oh, school colors? Gee, I don't know. Uh, gee, I don't know. Uh, I think kind of mud color. I mean, it, it, it. Yeah, he says it must be concrete color. The whole school's made out of concrete. I said, no, What yeah, school color, you know, they, what, what is it, what, what, uh, what does the football team wear, you know, and the basketball on it? Oh, well, you mean school colors? Gee, I don't know. I really don't know. Well, do you know I left that school? They don't know what their school colors were. No, I'll tell you this. <laughs> you go to Pitcairn Tech. And not only does everybody know the school colors, they're wearing saddle shoes that are dyed that color, they're wearing hats that color, they're wearing t shirts that color, beanies, uh, you know, the whole bit. They paint the schools purple and green or whatever their horrible colors are, they paint them that color. And uh, the smaller the school, the bigger the crest. In fact, uh, yeah, that's right, uh, I, the more, uh, more elegant the school, the tinier and the more tattered the crest. They have that appears on the drinking mugs. You know that every, every, uh, every library in every school, uh, well, I, no, I don't mean library, I mean bookstore. Every bookstore in every school sells these mugs. You know, the mugs of the school, and, and on, the, on the mug is the school crest. Now, you may not know it, whatever school you go to, kid, it's got a crest. <laughs> yeah, they were. <laughs> and, and they, they're, they're, Some of them are great, you know. It, uh, some of them shows, well, one of them, for example, I have, it shows a figure that looks a little like King Kong. I can't figure it out. Yeah, it's, it's some kind of a classical Greek figure, but it's badly done. It looks like King Kong holding aloft what looks like an ice cream cone. It's very strange. Yeah, and all around it are, are laurel leaves, and under it is this blurry Latin. This is in the hock, a conch, in espital, es, twentin Lauk something like that, see, and, uh, <laughs> and, and I, I, I asked the, I asked one of the kids, I got this great mug, see, and I bought it at the bookstore, because I collect mugs of all the schools I play, see, and I said, what is this thing on a mug, and he looked at it, he says, I don't know, it looks like some kind of a monkey or something, I said, well, that's the school, the school crest, see, that's the motto and all that, he says, it is, really, I said, yeah, look at it, so we're both looking at it, and I said, what is that thing? She said, yeah, I don't know. It looks like he's an ice cream cone. He said, they don't sell ice cream cones at the school. And with that, the librarian who was overhearing this conversation, an elderly lady with blue hair, and uh, you know, with the with the with the shining rimless glasses, says, hey, "Excuse me, that uh, that is uh, that is Atlas holding up the lamp of learning." I said, "Atlas holding up the lamp of learning? It looks like King Kong holding up an ice cream cone." at the uh, you know which I would have preferred had it been <laughs> and don't ask me why Atlas was holding up the lamp of learning that 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 confuses the whole issue because if you know anything at all about mythology, I don't think Atlas had much to do with the lamp of learning, did he? not where I came from, he didn't, but uh, nevertheless, on this crest, he does so uh this was a little school, see but it had a crest, it must have weighed four pounds, it had gold leaf all over it, you know, and it had little things, and so uh the smaller the town the more nervous it is about this stuff now uh, for example f scott fitzgerald i mean you know you know who fitzgerald was right the writer okay fitzgerald all the way through his work it is laced the underlying current uh the underlying current is the outsider the outsider who somehow magically has arrived in the in the fabled kingdom of the east and he always feels like he's He's a, he's an interloper that he's never really fully accepted that he's just sort of looking on all the time, and in fact, in the last page or maybe the last two pages of the Great Gatsby, he really says it. You remember that that the, the last two pages of the, the the last the last section of the Great Gatsby? Did you you, you ever read the uh, Gatsby? It's a great book, great novel, and have you you remember? What was the name of the uh, the narrator? The I. I'll give you a clue. His first name was Nick. Come on. Now, why do I remember this stuff? I'm giving you a literary question here. This is part of our literary heritage. Nick, who? All right, I'll let you look that one up. I'm not going to give you the answer. <laughs> All right. He's a famous character in literature. And anyway, he was the voice of the eye in that, say. And Nick, in the end, uh, when they're lowering Gatsby into his grave, and he and only a couple of other guys came to see his 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 funeral. Nobody came, just Nick. The rain is coming down. And he walks away, and at that moment... He, he he's thinking to himself. The narrator is, is is talking about Gatsby, and he's talking about his life, and he says it in one paragraph. The whole the whole thing of being an outsider. And and uh, and so when you when you uh, can you imagine coming from a state like how many how many of you have ever been in South Dakota? Is there a South Dakota? Or is that just a myth to you, a a kind of rumor? (laughs) Well, all right. Yet, South Dakota has a certain glamour to it because it is the West. You know, the the whole idea of the the Dakotas, you you connect with uh, old John Ford movies and stuff like that. But what about Iowa? You ever been to Iowa? That's right. I've been to Iowa. You ever been to Minnesota? That's right. I've been to Minnesota. You ever been to Wisconsin? Well, Wisconsin's an odd state. Yeah, it, there's, a, there's a curious brooding quality about Wisconsin. And it's a beautiful state, for those of you who've never been in Wisconsin. I'll, I'll give you a little brief uh, lesson. Wisconsin, if you look on your, your map, is, uh, is a state that juts north. It just lays up there north of, of Illinois and juts straight up. And it, it, uh, it as it goes straight up as you go as you go up that lake as you drive along the shore of Lake Michigan, the country gets more and more desolate and wilder, and it gets rolling and sandy until finally there are certain parts of Wisconsin when you drive around you see little stands on each corner, uh, like out in the country. You're not in the city here. Remember, you're just driving through roads looking for places like like uh, little places like Oshkosh, and you're driving along, and there are little stands all around, like little little uh, side road stores, little crossroad country stores, and each one has a big sign over it. And what do you think they say? Well, you know what? The state. What, what does the state create? You mean you don't even know what the, what this is the, the, is the U.S. capital of? Wisconsin? What's the matter with you guys? Don't you know anything about your country? cheese that's correct and they have a great big sign they're all everywhere you go you know like in Jersey every place you go there's a big sign that says pizza hoagies well uh, <laughs> as you drive around or seat covers you know as you drive around in, in, in Wisconsin everywhere there's a big sign that says cheese and and they make it there see in other words this is this is a guy selling his own cheese it's not a cheese outlet it's a it's a guy it's a dairy farmer there Who's selling the smoked uh, cheese and you go and they have the you know here it is it's a, the, he has a little, fr- little freezer there a little cooler and his wife is usually in there Emily is in there and she's got the some wrapping paper and a little scale and she's selling cheese and what's the other thing they have well I'll tell you Braunschweiger. that's right <laughs> They make these. They make this smoked sausages. So, so when you when you drive around Wisconsin, now I'm telling you something about your country. If you don't know about it, I'll just tell you this: as you drive around Wisconsin, the the thing you do in Wisconsin instead of like here, when you drive around, uh, uh, you know, Jersey or New York, you stop at the uh, Dairy Queen. Uh, out there, you drive along. You come to a crossroad, and and you run into the cheese store, and you catch you get yourself a big chunk of cheese. You just lap off a... Chunk of this uh, this uh, smoked cheese. It's often smoked, see? Now, cut you off a big chunk of smoked white, uh, let's say white cheddar. It's great, see? And it's a, a very smoky quality to it. And then you, you get yourself a chunk of, of uh, Braunschweiger, which they've made. That's this, this smoked sausage. And you pick up a couple of bottles of beer. Generally, the guy sells beer there, see? And you pick up a couple of cans of beer. And as you ride through the countryside, you eat your, be- your you eat your cheese and Braunschweiger, and you drink your beer. That's a typical Wisconsin scene. Now, if you uh, if you think I'm talking about the old days, forget it. I just did this last summer. <laughs> In fact, that's what it is now. This minute, this is it. This is Wisconsin, and uh, and there's a, there's a northern. Angry winter quality about Wisconsin. I don't know why I'm telling you all about Wisconsin, but I, I'm, 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 I'm fairly w- uh, convinced that almost everybody in the East uh, has very little knowledge of the rest of the country. Now they may go on their wa- vacation to Yellowstone. They think they know about the country then, say, uh, <laughs> and uh, that's their whole idea of seeing the country, or uh, they'll take a they'll take a trip on Route 66 or. or uh, Go straight across the country to Los Angeles, and I've seen the country, see. But uh, hardly any of them head out from those roads, you know, go out. Uh, Have you ever been in Tennessee? Tennessee has another quality to it. Tennessee has an odd, how can I express it, an odd melancholy. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a, that's another beautiful state. Uh, And, uh, for example, around Nashville are these rolling hills. And uh, it's very wooded around Nashville, and uh, the rolling hills just sort of roll on and on, and it's it's uh, it's it's got a curious wild quality to it. You know, this it's it's amazing how much of this country is still really on the edge of a frontier society, genuinely a frontier society, almost almost untouched since the days of the mountain men. And uh, you go you go out to Nashville, and it's rolling country, and the river goes through there. And I remember one night. Uh, sitting in the, this is just a few months ago, in my hotel room. And it's, uh, it's dark, just getting dark. It was twilight. And I could see all the, the signs and the lights coming on in Nashville. And I'm in a hotel right in the middle of Nashville. And down there I can see the railroad tracks. See, railroads don't mean anything to New Yorkers. Uh, he thinks of railroads as, uh, you know, the Penn, Center, the L.I., you know, the Long Island Railroad. That's it. Uh, he thinks that's a railroad. Well, uh, that's really just a suburban uh, transit system. It's just a, uh, what it really is is an above ground subway. Uh, <laughs> that's actually all it is, a big time subway, but a real railroad. Let me tell you what, what I'm watching now. This is the kind of scene you see in other parts of the country. Have you ever wondered why why guys like uh, like uh, Merle Haggard and Johnny Cash sing a lot about railroads? Well, it's because railroads are really a uh, 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 a very noticeable entity in other parts of the country. So I'm sitting in my hotel room. I'm watching dusk. I'm just looking out of the window. And dusk and twilight, and it's getting darker and darker, and I could see the hills rolling off in the distance, and they're kind of blue and purple, and uh, the moon is coming up. There's a, the, absolutely a cloudless sky in, in Nashville. Nothing nothing there in that sky except this this great arching heaven. And the sun had just gone down, and the moon immediately came up. It was curious. It was like in the middle of the twilight. The moon is coming up. It's hanging. It's beautiful night, and it was kind of chilly. And all of a sudden, I see coming out of the hills. Absolutely nothing you could see in the hills. The hills were a line of, of blue, black. That's all. When I see this wild pinpoint of light coming and it's just moving towards me, it seems to be coming right at me and it's very bright, tremendously bright thing and and, uh, then I see what it is, it's the headlight of a train coming right through the center of Nashville making a big turn, I mean a big train, this is not a a a suburban uh, type train, it's got uh, freight cars, cars with uh, steel on them, flatbed cars uh, about a 120-foot, 120-car freight train is just rolling right at me, coming right at me out of the out of the hills. You can see him turning, and the headlight going up and down. And then, it, then there was a big flash of light as it made a turn, and it caught the r- the railroad bridge trestle. You could see all the the uh, beams lighting up, and this thing is going right through the heart of Nashville. You could just see it moving like a big snake, and all around it, you can see. You can see the the bars and the, the little hotels and the joints lighting up and the, the hills in the background and I said this is this is <laughs> this is Nashville man, and uh where am I staying I'm staying at Roger Miller's King of the road motel not a great name King of the road and it just moved on made a big left turn and went on past and off into the darkness now that 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 to me uh I've been in Tennessee so much and and there's Tennessee is dominated by one one enormous thing, of course, uh, uh, this this goes all the way back in history, in American history, the TVA, uh, the Tennessee Valley, and there's a there's a thing that uh, all, everybody around Tennessee is just sort of part it's just part of the air in Tennessee. Not only is bourbon part of the air, uh, <laughs> yeah, and they drink very special bourbons there. I will tell you, uh, the average Tennessean is as much an aficionado. Of, uh, of re- I'm talking about the literate and He's as much an aficionado of elegant bourbons as uh, as any Highlander from Scotland is uh, an aficionado of of Scotch. He really knows it. And uh, so I had this I had this jug. The, the the friend of mine that was out there in Tennessee he gave me an, a stone jug of this really great Tennessee bourbon, which you don't see anywhere outside of that area of Tennessee. It's real the real thing. And that train is moving on by, and and uh, the whole the whole scene of Tennessee is something very few people out in this area know much about unless they happen to have a specific reason to go there. Well, there is a thing that dominates all of Tennessee, and it's an enormous man made lake. It's one of the largest lakes in the world, really. Uh, it's a man. It is the I think the largest man made lake in the world, and it's a thing called Dale Hollow. Have you ever heard of it? That it's a tremendous thing, and and it just just sprawls over endless endless valleys and mountains there, and uh, the greatest bass fishing probably in the world is there. Fantastic bass fishing. But I'll never forget one night, uh, floating out on on this on this lake, which is a man-made lake, remember, and it has the, the hills come down. It has a has an uh, odd spooky quality to it. And it has a uh, odd quality, almost like a fjord in many areas. And so I'm drifting in a in a rowboat, in a flat wooden rowboat with a guy, and he's going to show me something. And I'll never forget the sight. Uh, uh, to me, this is a, the, one of the great, curious, unforgettable sights I've ever seen in my life. We drifted into this shallow bay. He said, "I'm going to show you something." And it was a like an arm went into the hills there of this lake and there was nothing else around there just uh, just brush and trees came down and it was uh, fall at the time it seems to always be fall in Tennessee and I I was drifting in this 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 flat wooden rowboat and he says now keep your eye on it he says now watch and we drifted in into the shallow water and it was very clear the water was like crystal you could see right down to the bottom you could see weeds down there and we drifted further and then all of a sudden he said look take a look at this I'll never forget the site. The entire bottom of this one cove in uh, Dale Hollow was a town. There was a town underwater. You could actually see the houses. Houses. The houses underwater. Streets. Garage. All sitting there intact. It's a very eerie sight to see a house and a town and fences. And it, you could see where the streets were. We drifted over these houses. There must have been 20 or 30 houses. A l- whole little town has been simply inundated. It was almost like the thing they did in Egypt, you know, with the Aswan Dam, when they, they dammed this thing up and a lot of the Egyptian artifacts just were just covered up with water. Well, I, I, I saw this thing, and I, I can't... Uh, you know, it's, it's hard to describe it because it was such a uh, such a curious sight, totally unique. I've never seen anything like it. So we drifted around, and and for that brief instant, I had the curious uh, illusion that it was like a thousand years from now, and and I was somehow magically looking at the ruins of our own civilization. It had the look of of uh, ancient. Ruins, But they weren't ruined, you see. They were all preserved. They were just laying there because it's fresh water, you see. And apparently it's in a sheltered cove. And when they came to make the this big lake, they simply moved all the people out. That's all they did. They said, well, we're going to flood the town. That's it. <laughs> and everybody had to get... They, they built another town for them about 15 miles away. And all the people that lived in these houses now live maybe 15, 20 miles away from where they originally lived. And one day they just put up the dam and the water just came in and boom, that's it. The town floating. Have you ever been Have you ever been along Dubuque, Iowa, where the great uh, Mississippi turns and uh, you can see Dubuque hanging there. Have you ever been to Starved Rock, Illinois? <laughs> well, most people here in, in uh, the... Have you ever been to a place called the Dells? Have you ever heard of the Dells? The Dells is one of the most curious... Uh, geological and geographical things and probably in the country. So it, it, it looks like fairy caves. Have you ever been to Mammoth Cave, Kentucky? Man, I want to tell you, you walk through you walk through that Mammoth Cave and, and it's one of the spookiest, scariest things I've ever been in in my life. You can hear the sound somewhere way off, millions of miles away, of odd water trickling and blind fish under your feet. Uh, this is, this is, this is not Disneyland I'm talking about. Uh, and yet it may be. So, so the people who come out of places like this have a very different view of life than, say, a guy that comes from Gowanus Parkway. (laughs) You know, all he ever knows is the double E train. Once in a while he goes to Shea. And yeah, oh yeah, I go out to, uh, once in a while, yeah, I go out in the country, I go out to Jones Beach, yeah. Got out to Jones Beach once in a while, take the, you know, the kids out to the country. (laughs) Oh, yeah, and as you drive through the Wisconsin wilderness, you go on up towards places like International Falls, Hayward, Wisconsin, Eagle Lake, Eagle River. By the way, isn't that an exciting thing, Eagle River? Just the, the expression, it's wild muskelunge country. And by the way, one of the great gunfights in all history occurred right near Eagle River. John Dillinger and Babyface Nelson... Fought it out with Melvin Purvis, the famous G Man in Eagle River, <laughs> way up in the northern part of Wisconsin, where the wind comes blowing out of that Canadian wilds, man. At, uh, at, at, if, you, if you know that part of the country, you know why guys like Bonnie and Clyde and, and Dillinger, people like that, came out of that wild, singing, angry, strange, brooding country. Yeah, it's a different breed. Stay tuned for Lester Smith and the News. The News in detail on the hour from the WOR Newsroom. There's still more to be settled, but Civil Service Employees Association members in New York have agreed to a 4% pay hike on a delayed payment basis.